Hello, I'm Kathy Davidson, and I welcome you to our women's meeting, our women's meeting. There are a group of women here and some men that are endeavoring, want to, hungering and thirst after the righteousness of God that we can walk in the kingdom of God, and the kingdom of God is with power. I've got a question for you. Why would you serve a God that can do nothing for you? We serve a God that can save. We serve a God that can heal. We serve a God that can deliver. We just have to meet the requirements. And the requirements aren't that hard. All right, I'm gonna, before I open with prayer, I'm gonna say this. Saith the Lord. David was one man. David took down Goliath. And the anointing was on David to take down Goliath. But the anointing was also on the army, and they vanquished all the Philistines in one day. We are the body of Christ. He is the head. He is our head. We are his body. A body has many members. And we move with Jesus, our head, when we move with Jesus, our head, there is nothing, nothing we cannot accomplish. Amen? Father, I thank you. Open our eyes that we can see. Open our ears that we can hear. Open our hearts like you did for Lydia, that we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God. And we ask this. Father, Father, I thank you for a spirit of grace on this meeting. Father, I thank you for a spirit of grace on this meeting. And I ask it in Jesus' name, amen. All right, if you will turn with me, I believe this is the last week we are going to be doing uh, the series that I call What Jesus Bought for Us on the Cross. And today is something that you don't, here often in these kind of series. But I think it is absolutely one of the most important reasons that Jesus went to the cross. Oh, there are so many. There are so many. It is not that he went to the cross just for our sins, although thank God he did. But there are so many things that he bought for us on that tree. And he bought for us in hell. And he bought for us when he was raised from the dead. And thank God God's the one that sent him. Thank God God's the one that sent him. But today we're going to look at what Jesus, why it was necessary for Jesus to go to the cross so we, so he could pay for, so he could purchase the gift of the Holy Ghost for us. Oh, if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you are missing. You are missing. You're missing one of the very reasons Jesus went to the cross for you. And we're going to look at it. I want you to turn with me to John chapter 7. And I'm going to begin in verse 37. It says, In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, he that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. You know, when I was in a denominational church, they said that was Jesus, but they didn't read the next verse. It says, but he spoke of the Spirit. That's capital S. It says, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given. Because Jesus was not yet glorified. The Holy Ghost was not yet given. Because Jesus was not yet glorified. Well, when was Jesus glorified? When he was raised from the dead. You can see right there in this verse that Jesus said, Jesus said, out of your bellies will flow rivers of living water. But he had to do something first before we could have it. He had to be glorified. He had to be glorified before we could get the Holy Ghost. Now, I want you to think about this. Jesus had the Holy Ghost. He was full of it. says that in Luke. He also says in John that he could do nothing 
on his own. He had no godly powers. He couldn't perform a single miracle until he was, bap until he was baptized in water and he was filled with the Holy Ghost. He couldn't do a thing. He says that. I can do nothing on my own. It is the Father that worketh in me. And he couldn't do anything until he had the Holy Ghost in him. He told John when he was baptized, John the Baptist, he came to John and John said, baptize you? So you need to baptize me. And Jesus said, thus it must happen to fulfill all righteousness. To fulfill all righteousness, Jesus had to be baptized in water. And he had to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And we have to use Jesus as our example. You think we need the Holy Spirit? You know what you will see in these verses? Jesus expected us, expected us to get the Holy Ghost. And he paid a dear price for it. Now, let's go look at that, how that happened. Turn with me to John 16, verse 7. John 16, verse 7, Jesus speaking. He says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. This is our Savior talking. This is Jesus. This is the Son of God that has no power but filled with the Holy Ghost. This is him talking. And we know that every word that he spoke was spirit and life. And he says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. He said, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I, not, if I do not go away, the comforter will not come to you. But if I depart, look at this, I will send him. I will send him unto you. He had to leave so he could send him. And the only way he was going to get out of here was through the cross. We know that in John 12, he said, that's the very reason I came, was to go to the cross. He had to go to the cross. He had to die. He had to be buried. He had to be raised from the dead. And he said, and when I do that, I'm going to send you the comforter. He said, it is expedient. That word is profitable. It is profitable for you that I go away because I can't send them until I get there. Do you see? He considered the Holy Ghost important. He called it profitable here. Now go down with me to verse 13. Jesus still speaking. He said, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, and that's the Holy Ghost, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself. Do you see those words with your eyes? He shall not speak of himself. How many times I've heard people pray to the Holy Ghost? Holy Ghost doesn't speak of himself. Holy Ghost is never going to tell you anything. It says it right here. Holy Ghost isn't going to tell you anything. What's he going to do? He shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. If it helps you, the Holy Ghost is the messenger. For he's, and he's, he's the telephone. He's the telephone. He's the thing that's between you and Jesus and the Father. He only talks what Jesus says. He only speaks what the Father says. And Jesus calls that the comforter. And he calls it profitable. And you will see Jesus thought him necessary. Necessary. He told, the, the, he told John the Baptist... It is necessary to fulfill all righteousness that I be filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, don't you want what Jesus had? And how in the world are we going to walk like Jesus walked if we don't have what Jesus had? We can't. We can't. 
I'm going to go on. He will show you, uh, he said, he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. He shall not glorify, oh, he shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and show it unto you. That's what the Holy Ghost does. He's the telephone. He's the iPad. He's the monitor. He'll show you what Jesus is saying. He will tell you what Jesus is saying. And it's so beautiful when you move in him. You can, you can see it in your spirit exactly what God is telling you. Where to go, what to do, how to move. It's beautiful. Now, go with me back a couple chapters to John 14, verse 16. Or verse 15, we'll begin. It says, if you love me, Jesus speaking, if you love me, Jesus said, if you love me, oh, I love Jesus with all my heart. Really? If you love me, keep my commandments. And then look what he says. He said, and I will pray the Father. And he shall give you another comforter. A comforter. He shall give you a comforter. He shall give you a comforter that he may abide with you forever. Forever. He will abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him. They moved in him. He said, for he dwelleth with you. But then he said, and he shall be in you. Did you know that the Holy Ghost can dwell with you and not be in you? Well, how do you think you got born again? What was it that convicted you? What was it that made your life miserable until you went back to God? That's called the Spirit of Grace. Thank you for him. You talk about hound dogs sicking on somebody. Have you ever felt him have you ever felt that spirit bother you, make you miserable until you cough it up to Jesus? Yeah, guess who sent him? That's him being around you. That's him being with you. But there is a place. There is a place in the baptism in the Holy Ghost where he is in you. Think about this for a second. In the beginning, in the beginning of the world, in the beginning, it says there was no light. And it said, this, uh, what does it say? The earth was without form and void. And that spirit, that Holy Ghost, you can't see him. He's not like the Father in Jesus. He does not have a human form. You never hear about the hands of the Holy Ghost. You never hear about the feet, the eyes. The Holy Ghost is a spirit. But it said that spirit moved on the face of the waters. Moved. It was waiting. It was waiting for the words to be spoken. Because it can't do anything. Unless somebody speaks. And the father in Jesus said let there be light. And there was light. That same spirit that moved on the face of the waters can be in you. In you. And when he is in you. And he is moving in you. That's what Jesus said. Out of your belly will flow rivers. Not a, tr not a trickle. Rivers of living water. And you watch things around you as it comes out change. You watch as your, your situation change. You watch your body change. You watch the people around you change. Why? That's the Spirit of God. That is the Holy Ghost. And Jesus said, it is profitable that I go away so I can send him to you so he can be in you. In you. The very same Spirit that moved in Jesus. The very same Spirit that was with him that raised the dead. The very same spirit that healed everybody that came to him. The very same spirit that told Jesus exactly what to say. Where to go. How to move. That same exact spirit is in us. 
if we are baptized in the Holy Ghost? Have you thought about that? That spirit, that Holy Ghost, and I'm baptized in the Holy Ghost, that spirit has been around forever. He has been there from the first day. He witnessed it. He helped create. That same spirit was in Moses, showing him how to lead the people. That same spirit talked to Samuel. That same spirit talked to King David. That same spirit was in Jesus. That same spirit moved John the Baptist. That same spirit was in Peter. That same spirit was in the Apostle Paul. If you are baptized in the Holy Ghost, you got the same spirit. The same. I like what Polly Wigglesworth told Smith Wigglesworth when he said he was baptized in the Holy Ghost. She said, if you got what they had, if you got what they had, then you can do what they did. You see what's available to us? Now, go with me to, um, let's see, let's go to Matthew 9. Jesus again speaking. How in the world does the death, burial, and resurrection have anything to do with getting baptized in the Holy Ghost? We're going to see. He told the disciples already, he's with you. And now he's, he, he's going to end up being in you. He's with you, but he's going to end up being with you. And I want to stop right here and, and correct something. I've heard more than one person say this. They said that in Acts, when, when, the, when Peter walked up to the man at the beautiful gate of the temple that was laying since his mother's womb, I've heard him say that they had no idea what they had when they used the name of Jesus and grabbed him by the arm. That is not true. That Holy Ghost had been with them since they started walking with Jesus. They were healing people and casting out devils long before Jesus went to the cross. Why? The Holy Ghost was with them. They knew exactly how to do this. They'd been doing it. But now Jesus is gone and it's in them. Next level. The next level. This thing's slipping on me and I don't know why. Okay, now Matthew 9 verse 16. No man putteth a piece of new cloth on an old garment. This is Jesus speaking. For that which is put in to fill up that taketh away, taketh from the garden and taketh from the garment and the rent is made worse. Neither do men put new wine into old bottles else the bottles break and the new wine runneth out and the bottles perish. But they put new wine into new bottles. Both are preserved. You can't put the Holy Ghost in somebody that's not born again. It'd kill them. It says it right here. New wine. That's referred to as this, the Holy Ghost. You can't put new wine in old bottles. They'll break. You got to make the bottle new. You got to make the bottle new. The only way to make the bottle new is to be born again. The only way to make the bottle new, a new creature. You know, it is wonderful when a person is born again. It is a miracle. It is a miracle. If you just consider what being born again is, it's being dead spiritually. Dead. Dead. On your way to hell. Because no life. And when you are born again, it says you get the seed. You get Jesus. You get Jesus and your spirit is made alive alive your eternity with the father and Jesus begins at that moment you don't have to wait till you're dead your eternity is in you and your eternity is being with Jesus and the father and that happens the moment you are born again the spirit of Jesus enters into you and you are on your way to heaven. But you know what it makes? It's, it talks about being coming a new creature when you're born again, a new creature. 
You know what we know about the Father? He calls those things which are not as though they are. When you were born again, he calls you a new creature. And you walk five days and you know you're not. Oh, you know you're not. But you know what? The Spirit of Jesus and that Holy Ghost that would be with you, he becomes your shepherd. And what God says about being a new creature you walk with him, and it happens. It happens. Why? Jesus doesn't make mistakes. Jesus always gets the victory. As long as you stick with him, you will. You will become that new creature. And you know what? Jesus gave us the Holy Ghost to get us there. And he puts it in us. So we know that we have to be a new creature. Now, go with me to Acts 10. And we'll pick that thought up. You got to make the vessel able to hold the Holy Ghost. You got to make it able to hold the new wine. Acts 10, verse, uh, let's go, um, this is, Acts 10 is when the angel appears to Cornelius, the Roman soldier, the Italian. And, he, and this is somebody that loves the Jewish people, has given much alms and prayers, money and prayers to God. And God says, okay, the angel sends. He goes, I want you to go get Peter. You know the angel didn't preach the gospel to him? He said, I want you to go get Peter, and he'll tell you what to do. So Cornelius sends out some of his soldier friends, and he says, go get Peter. Go get Peter. I think it's funny. I think one of them was a soldier of his that attended him. Peter's not going to turn down a Roman soldier. <laughs> All right. Now, verse 9. On the morrow, as they went on their journey, and they were going to go get Peter. They were coming to get him. And during night of the city, Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. It says, and he became very hungry and would have eaten. But while he was made ready, he fell into a trance. God showed up. And he saw heaven opened and a certain vessel descending unto him. As it had been a great sheet knit at the four corners and he let it down to, and it let down to the earth. There were all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth. Wild beasts, creeping things, fowls of the air. And it says, and there came a voice to him, rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, not so, Lord. I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. He followed the law. And look at this. And the voice spoke unto him the second time. And look what he said. Look what the voice from heaven said. And you can tell by who's saying it who it is. And he says, what God has cleansed, thou call not thou common. What God has cleansed. But God has cleansed. Thou call not common. We know right here. If you go to verse, and, and well, I'll, I'll read it. And it says, the voice said to him the second time, what God has cleansed, call not thou common. And this was done three times. Three times. That angel or whatever, God speaking, said, what God has cleansed, call not thou common. So God cleaned up something. What did he clean up? Verse 34. They came and got Peter and brought him back to Cornelius. They go to Cornelius' house. And it's full of people. Cornelius saw an angel. The whole neighborhood's going to show up. I'm sure Cornelius, he said he called his friends and his family. Come on over. Peter's coming. In verse 34, then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. But in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. He figured it out. What did God cleanse? The Gentile. The Gentile. Do you see what the cross did? It cleaned us up. The cross justified us. The cross forgave all our sins. Jesus on the cross took all our sins too. All our sins too. He justified us by his blood. He sanctified us by his blood. He forgave us. He redeemed us by that blood of the cross. 
took all our sin, made peace between us and God. Made peace. How? Justified by the blood of Jesus. Do you see what he did with the vessel? He cleaned it up. That cross made the vessel clean. And that seed in us starts the cleansing. You know what that vessel now can do? Now that Jesus has gone to the cross for it, shed its blood, shed his blood for it, you see what that vessel can do now? Jesus cleaned up the vessel. So what can he do? He can put the Holy Ghost in it. He couldn't do that before. He couldn't do it before. That vessel had to have the life of Jesus in it. It had to have the life of Jesus in it. And when Jesus died, was buried, and rose again, we could get the sea. We could get cleaned up. He could put the same spirit he walked in in us. Isn't that beautiful? And you want proof of that? Go down to verse 44. Well, let's read on a little bit because I want to show you what um, Peter spoke. It says, let's see, verse 36. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word I say you know, which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, there it is again, with the Holy Ghost. God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with power. So Jesus had the Holy Ghost. Don't you think we need to? Who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed to the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all these things which he did in the land of the Jews and Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on a tree, whom God raised up the third day. Peter preached to these Gentiles the gospel. Preached what happened with Jesus on the cross. Preached it through the Holy Spirit in him. Peter didn't preach on his own. He had the Holy Ghost talking through him. And look what happened in verse 44. And while Peter yet spoke these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard, which heard the word. What were they hearing? They were hearing the gospel. They were hearing the gospel. They were hearing the very thing that they were looking for. They were hearing the very thing that the angel knew Cornelius wanted. They were hearing the gospel. They heard it and believed it. And what happened? It says, and, and the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word. They didn't ask. He just showed up. And they of the circumcision which believe were astonished. As many as were with Peter, because on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift, the gift, the gift of the Holy Ghost. How did they know they got it? Next verse. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. They heard them speak with tongues. Do you see that word gift? Do you see that word gift? The Holy Ghost is a gift. When I was young in the denominational church, and I was reading the Word of God, and I didn't have a lot of understanding on it, but I had a, a grieving in me. One, because I wasn't understanding what I was reading very well. And two, I thought I was all alone in the world without God. I thought, I really did think. He was up there. I was down here. And he was expecting me to do the things that I was expected to do. And I wasn't going to get any help from him. That I wasn't going to get any help from him. That I was just supposed to do what I thought I needed to do. What they were telling me. And reading these words, I wasn't too sure of what, it, what I was reading. But I thought I was all alone, and I wasn't going to find out if I was doing it right or not until it was too late. 
until I was standing at the great white throne judgment. And I talked to God about that. I said, this isn't fair. This isn't fair. I don't even know what I'm supposed to do, let alone not to not find out if I'm doing it right until I am in front of you. I said, it's not fair. You know what? My prayer was heard. And God put me on a path. And you know, some one day, one day when I was in college, sitting at my table studying for Western civilization, Western cult. I won't tell you what grade I got in it. But I looked out the window, and that was such a beautiful spring day, and we didn't get many of those in Ohio. And I just started thanking God and worshiping God, just thanking him. And the next thing I know, I'm speaking in tongues. The baptism of the Holy Ghost happened at a kitchen table. A kitchen table. How did I get it? Praising the Father. Thanking him. In the middle of a Western cult. Thanking him. Why? Because it's a gift. Because it's a gift. Do you know it's a gift? Do you know why the Father gave it to me? Because he loved me. That's why he sent Jesus. That's why he made Jesus go through all of that on the cross. Because he loved me. And he knew I wasn't going to get there unless somebody went to the cross for me. And he sent the only one he knew could do it, and that was Jesus. And he sent him for us because he loved us, because he's a father. Did you know God was your father? Whether you like him or not, he's still your father. He made us all through Jesus. He made us all, and he's a father, and he is love. He is love. And you say, I hear you voice right now, then why does he send people to, to hell? Because he did everything he could to save you. He did every possible thing he could to get you saved. He is the one that sent Jesus. He's the one that put all your sin on that body. He's the one that made Jesus sick. He's the one that sent Jesus to hell. He's the one that made him pay for you. And yet you won't believe him. There is an end. There is a place where God said that's enough. He doesn't want to send you there. It is his desire that all be saved. And all you have to do is open your mouth and you will be. He has done everything possible to keep you out of hell. And all he requires you is to humble yourself and receive what he did with Jesus. To receive Jesus to receive that spirit but he doesn't stop there he doesn't even stop there he wants you to have the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead he wants that same spirit the same power that he pulled Jesus out of hell with that same power that he put that he put Jesus' body back together with. The same power that healed Jesus of every disease, every sickness, every sin. He wants that same power for you. That's love. That's love. So what's he do? He gives the Holy Ghost as a gift. As a gift. And he couldn't send him until Jesus made the vessel able to hold him. Jesus had to make the vessel able to hold him. And Jesus did. He paid an awful cost so you could hold the power of God.
He paid an awful cost so you could hold the spirit and the power that comes with him. An awful cost. You did not get the Holy Ghost when you were born again. Turn with me to Romans 8. I want to show you this. So many of us are taught we get the Holy Ghost. Some of them say we get part of the Holy Ghost, and then we get more later. What? You got an arm? A leg? You got, what, three quarters? What did you get? That makes no sense. Romans 8, verse 9. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. That's capital S. If so be the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now. Cut. Now. If any man have not the Spirit of Christ... He is none of his. None of his. You don't have the spirit of Jesus in you. Your name is not written in the Lamb's book of life. You need the spirit of Jesus in you. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. You see that? The body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. You got Jesus, you got eternal life. You got the seed. You got the seed of God in you. You got eternal life in you. You got Jesus in you, the one that was raised from the dead. Remember this, the Holy Ghost did not die for you. Jesus did. The Holy Ghost didn't go to hell for you. Jesus did. The Holy Ghost wasn't raised from the dead, couldn't be. He's a spirit. Jesus was. That's who we have when we're born again, Jesus. Now look at the next verse. But, but, if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, then he that raised up Christ from the dead shall quicken your mortal bodies. The same power, the same stuff that raised Jesus from the dead shall quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. In you, two separate things, being born again with the Spirit of Jesus and being baptized in the Holy Ghost. And you have both in you. You know what happens when you have Jesus in you and you have the Holy Ghost in you? You got the same thing Jesus had when he walked on this earth. The only reason we are not walking on water, the only reason we are not raising the dead, the only reason why we're not healing everybody here is because of our unbelief. And there's a group here that's working very hard to get rid of the unbelief. Amen? Turn with me to Ephesians 1. I want to show you there's two places that you can see the difference. Ephesians 1 verse 13. In whom you also trusted after that you heard the word of truth. The gospel of your salvation. There you're born again. In whom also, there you're born again. You see that? In whom you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, salvation. In whom after also after you believed, that shows you you got Jesus in you. After you believed, you believe you get Jesus. You're born again. After you believed, you were sealed by that Holy Spirit of promise. Sealed. You want to know for sure? I tell you what, there were days, there were days, there were days that were so hard when I started walking in this that I wasn't sure I was born again. And I'll tell you what, I'd go in my bedroom and I'd stand there and I'd speak in tongues. And I'd say, okay, I'm still born again. Because you can only speak in tongues if you got Jesus in you and the Holy Ghost in you. Got them both. We're going to be all right, Kathy. We're going to be all right. We're still born again. We're not going to go to hell. Feels like it, but we're not. Don't you want that seal? Don't you want to know that you know that you know that you know that the Father's with you? That's why they call him the comforter. Oh, when those hard days come and that Holy Ghost, you sit down and read the Word of God and the first thing your eyes see solves the whole situation. Those words, those words of comfort, that's what he's there for. That's what he's there for. Jesus said, I'll send the comforter. I'll send the comforter. Jesus doesn't want you not to be comforted. Jesus says, I'll send him. And you know how glorious it must have been. When Jesus was raised from the dead and he was sent up into the Father, can you imagine? 
Can you imagine what it was like up there when Jesus went back home? Can you imagine when he walked in to that throne room? Can you imagine? All heaven must have been just screaming. The work had been done. The work was done. The work was done. Adam's fall was fixed. Adam's fall was fixed. And Jesus went to be seated by the right hand of the Father and he sat down. I bet you everything up there was on the ground. And you know what the first thing Jesus did when he was seated next to the Father? He said, send them the Holy Ghost. Send them the Holy Ghost. Jesus, before he left, said, don't you leave here until I send the Holy Ghost. Don't you leave. You stay right here in Jerusalem. Don't you leave till you are baptized in the Holy Ghost, and I'm going to send him the minute I get home. And he did. And he is a gift. He is a gift. And he's a gift to you if you were born again. If you're not born again, get born again and get the gift. Get them both in one day. Did happen to Cornelius' group. They didn't even stand up and confess their sins. They got baptized in the Holy Ghost. They started speaking in tongues. It's a gift. It's a gift. One last verse. Luke 11, verse 11. I love this. Jesus speaking, talking about his father. He said, if a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, a father, will you give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, I love giving good gifts to my children. I love giving them gifts. I love giving them things I know they need and they can't afford at the time. I love doing that while I'm a mother. So does a father. You have a heavenly father. How much more? How much more? Shall your heavenly father your heavenly Father, give the Holy Spirit the comforter, the spirit of truth to them that ask him. You don't have to be afraid when you ask the Father for the Holy Ghost that you're going to get something different. Well, what if it's the devil? God is a lot greater than the devil. He is a million times greater than the devil. Devil won't have a chance. He won't have a chance. If you're asking the Father, the Father's going to give you the Holy Ghost. Why? He's a gift from a Father who loves his children and wants them comforted, wants them to walk with him, wants them perfected. So they can be with him forever. I'm going to pray for you if you want the Holy Ghost. But first, let's pray. Those of you that are not born again, let's get you born again. All you have to do to be born again, pray this prayer with me. You do not have to stand up. You do not have to confess every sin you made. You won't even know what they are until later. But all you have to do is do this. Romans 10 I think it's 13. It says, those that call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. It says, if you believe in your heart that Jesus was raised from the dead and you speak it with your mouth, you'll be saved. You'll be saved. That's all it takes. And I tell you what, that God is so great. That God is so great, he will pour that spirit of Jesus in you. Father, in the name of Jesus, open their hearts. Pray with me. Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my heart. Come into my heart. Be Lord of my life. Lead me. Guide me. Fix 
me. And I ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Somebody just started their eternity. Somebody just got the seed. Somebody was born again. Glory be to Jesus. Now, for those of you that want that gift of the Holy Ghost, I'll pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, you said, whosoever asks for the Holy Ghost, you, out of your love, will give him. You, out of your love, will give him. Father, I pray for those that want the gift, that those that want your gift, Father, those that want your gift, I pray for them now. Father, I thank you. You fill them. You fill them with the gift Jesus paid for. Father, I thank you. You fill them now with the gift that Jesus paid for. I thank you, Father, you fill them now with the gift that Jesus paid for. I thank you, Father. You are filling them now. You are filling them now with the gift that Jesus paid for. Thank you. Open their mouth. Open your mouth. And let the Spirit of God come out. Let the Spirit of God come out. Let the speaking of tongues come out. Don't be afraid. Open your mouth. I remember a couple months back, somebody said, well, all I hear in there is gibberish. I said, let the gibberish come out. Let the gibberish come out. And you know what? The gibberish starts to turn into a language that you've never learned. With another spirit, with another language, we praise and we worship the Father. With another language, we speak to the Father from heart to ear directly. Thank you, Jesus, saith the Lord. Amen. Amen. Now I want to pray for some that have requested prayer. We have been talking about in here on, on our daily broadcast about the law. And you know what? That's beautiful about it. When you consider it, when you're reading and you're looking at that law and you're realizing you got some of that in you, you know what? It comes to the surface. It comes to the surface. I remember the first day we started talking about the law, I went home and I got upset about something and, and my mouth started moving. And I was upset. And Doyle looked at me with the straightest of face, and he said, the law worketh wrath. And my thought was, go ahead, add another log to the fire. But he was right. And I went, and I went to pray, and I got rid of the witchcraft that teaches the law. The witchcraft that tells you the law is greater. Jesus said, there's one standing here greater than the temple. Jesus is greater than the law. And the Apostle Paul said, Who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? And the truth is the gospel. Father, I pray now. I pray. I pray now. Father, I thank you. I thank you for the gospel. I thank you Jesus died for our sins. I thank you they did not come off of us by the law. Father, I thank you. Jesus died for our sins. They were not taken away by the law. Father, I thank you for the power of God now. Join your faith with mine as we pray for those. Father, I break the power of witchcraft. I break the power of witchcraft now. I break the power of witchcraft now. I break the power of witchcraft now. Jesus is greater than the temple. Jesus is greater than the law. 
Jesus is greater. I break the power of witchcraft. I break the power of witchcraft. I break the power of witchcraft. I break your power. I break the power of witchcraft. I loose them now from those witchcraft spirits. I loose them now from their religion. I loose them now. I loose them from the law. I loose them in Jesus' name. I loose them. I loose them. I loose them. I break the devil's authority over them. I break your power, Satan. I break your power. I break your power. I break your lies. I break your power. I break your power. Loose them now in the name of Jesus. Loose them. Loose them. Loose them. I break your power, Satan. I break your power. 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 Come out of them in Jesus' name. Come out in Jesus' name. Come out of there. Come out of there. Come out of there in Jesus' name. Come out, you wicked spirit. Come out. Come out. Come out. Come out. Come out in Jesus' name. Come out in Jesus' name. Come out. I break your power in Jesus' name. I break your power. 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 I break your power in Jesus' name. I break your power. I break your power in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Need some more of that? Rewind it. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. See you next week. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.